this house, everybody. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? All right, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. We're going we're gonna to take a, a short break on the book of John, and we're going to jump over to the book of Acts, chapter number 3. Acts chapter number 3, and, uh, and, and just for a couple weeks, we're going to share some, uh, some truth, some information uh, about missions, mission, uh, not, not just missions, but having a missional mind, and we're, we're going to explain what that all means uh, uh, too. But while you're turning, while you're turning to Acts chapter number 3, I want to read some information that, that uh, uh, I've seen today, and uh, here, here's, a, how many of y'all remember Brother Wagner that was here uh, Sunday? Tanzania, missionary to Tanzania. Uh, here, this has been reported. <clears throat> a pastor, a pastor of a church in Tanzania, uh, while working in the field, was showing the Jesus film, and uh, he was. Let's see, a pastor working in a remote area in Tanzania was attacked by angry villagers while showing the Jesus film. Pastor Paul Aluro uh, was described as an influential in his community, but he angered some of the tribal leaders by speaking out against the customs of the tribes and, and, and speaking about Christ. And uh, it says, while the pastor was showing the Jesus film at the end of July, a group of warriors from the village interrupted the movie, began beating those who had gathered to watch. Uh, pastor Aluro was speared through the chest and later died from an infection of the wound. Three others were also badly wounded and the attackers destroyed the motorcycles of the two pastors working with Pastor Aluru. And uh, pray, please help us pray for the members of the pastor's church, that they will remain faithful and not give in to fear. Not give in to fear. A anybody have any spears thrown at you on the way here tonight? <laughs> now think about this. We're not afraid to meet. But we have people in countries that we're trying to support who are... He's, he, he died. He gave his life for the cause of Christ. For the very thing that I showed you this coming this past Sunday, the Jesus film, the backpack, he was using that material to win people to Christ, and he gave his life for the cause of Christ. Can we give God praise for his honor? Now listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I wanted to read this to you, not to, not to pull on emotions, not to do all of that, but I want you to see that what you are giving to and the sacrifice you're making here, I, I don't think we can equal the sacrifice we make with the sacrifice he just made. He left a family behind, he left kids behind, but listen, I promise you, his reward is great in heaven. And that's what it's all about, is seeing people come to know Christ. What you're doing is going to make an eternal impact. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Let's look in Acts chapter number. Matter of fact, let's go back. Let's go back to the last verse in chapter 2. All right? The last verse in chapter 2, verse 47. It says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church, what's that word? Daily. 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 Now we can't. We we we. It's hard for us to fathom that concept because most Christians today they're they're a once a week Christian, and they're they're the 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 concept of someone getting saved or the concept of church or the concept of God is usually once a week. Well, we got to go to church this week. Uh, when church is out and they go home, they forget about church, the Bible, the Word for the rest of the week, and so that this concept is is foreign to most people today. But the Bible says that people were getting saved daily, daily. Now, how, how did that happen? How did that take place? If we keep reading, he begins to tell us how that happened. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. In other words, he was, he, was, he was looking for some charity. He was looking for a handout. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately... 
his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and what? And praising God. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for the crowd that's here tonight. Thank you for the privilege of sharing the word. And Lord, help us to learn something. Help us to grow. Lord, help us to uh, develop your word in us as we apply it out in this world. God, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor, the one closest to you. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, hello. All right, I wasn't finished. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary. Now, half of y'all was looking at me. You're supposed to be looking at your neighbor. <laughs> All right, let's say it again. Hello. Hello. I am a missionary. I'm a missionary. Here, here's the thing. I want look at your notes for just a second. I want you to look at that. Uh, the, first, the first little paragraph, or actually the second paragraph, or actually the first paragraph under the Bible verses, amen, where it says missional living, where it says missional living. Have y'all found that part? Say amen. amen. Missional living. Look at, look at this term. It, it, it is a frequent term now in the day we're living in. What does missional living mean? It is a Christian term that describes a missionary, what's that word? A lifestyle. A missionary lifestyle. Adopting the posture, thinking, behaviors, practices of a missionary in order to engage others with the gospel message. The use of this term, here's the key, the use of this term is to contrast the concept of a select group of professional missionaries with the understanding that all Christians should be involved in the great commission of Jesus Christ. What, what, is, the, what is the point behind this terminology, behind this word? It is so that we could all understand and we could all see and, and get this point that we all have a responsibility to be a missionary. When we see the word missionary, we think of Brother Wagner. We think about families that, that come and go. And I, when I was growing up, uh, how about our pictures? Do we have our pictures? Brother, uh, uh, Brother Barnes, could you help us with this? When I think of a missionary, I, I, I think of, yep, I see, I think of the back of my head. Amen. There. Here we go. I think of this, right? This is, this, is, this is something you would see. In my mind, I would see a, a missionary walking into this, into this little area with maybe tracks in his hand. So I, I, this makes me think of, of missions missionary. What about the next one? Does this make you think of a missionary? All right, a missionary is going into a village. A missionary is going to reach uh, these children, to teach these children about Christ and how much they need the Christ that we serve. What about the next one? Does this make you think of missions? Missions, missionary, these are pictures that you would see maybe in a bulletin, maybe in a flyer, maybe in an advertisement, maybe in a, in a promotion to try to, to raise money for a missions cause, maybe uh, for a, a, a digging a well in some place or maybe vaccines for somewhere or maybe a place to plant a church and teach that little baby about who Jesus is. So all these makes you think about missions, missional missionaries, right? Everybody with me? Say Amen. All right, well, what about this one? This is missionary. This is missional. This is in West Point. <clears throat> Y'all with me? That's a missionary. Sharing a gospel message to children who need to hear the gospel. All right, look at the next one. That's a West Point. That's a mission field. Are y'all with me? But we don't think that. We only think it in the jungle, or we only think it overseas. We only think it on a foreign land. Uh, this, is, this is a mission field. Look at the next one. Guys, this is, a, this is a mission field. This is a mission field. This could be, uh, this is, this could be where you're working tomorrow. This could be where you, you find yourself tomorrow. Is there any more? I think that, is that the last one, Brother Chris? How about Walmart? God knows that's a mission field. <laughs> Amen. 5,000 registers and they got two open. <clears throat> you know the people in that long line waiting, they need the Lord, amen? <laughs> it's a mission field. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, uh, my, my, my father had a sign on the back door 
uh, we have a bunch of doors you can get out of. In our church, you got one. You you you's gonna get through that one door, amen. And and Dad would usually stand outside, so he got everybody in and out one way or the other. And and, and at the, that back door, there was a sign all the time. It said, "You are now entering the mission field." In other words, the mission field. You didn't have to have a passport to get to the mission field. All you had to do is get outside the church doors. You're in the mission field. Now, let's look at this. Look, turn, your, turn your paper over. Turn your paper over. We'll, we'll come back to this part. We'll come back to this part here in just a minute. But let's do a little biblical background. Let's do a little biblical background about what all this is about and why, why all this is important. I think everything, if we're going to study something as far as what our responsibilities are as a church, as the body of Christ, as believers, as disciples, uh, it, it, everything should start with Jesus, right? Okay. Everything should start with Jesus, right? Okay. All right. Look in Luke 19. Look at the top of your page. Uh, this is the story. This is the story of when, when Jesus met uh, a, a little short man by stature named Zacchaeus. We all know what, what I did when I was a little kid. I, I sang the song. Uh, about Zacchaeus being a wee little man, a wee little man was he, he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see, and Jesus, you know, how many of y'all remember that? Oh yeah, good, that's great. Well, this is the story about that. How many of y'all know everybody wasn't real proud that he was spending time with Zacchaeus? They're religious, they're pious, they're self-righteous, they look down on others. Now watch, watch how this goes. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named uh, Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be guest with a man that was a sinner. Zacchaeus, aren't you glad of that? And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. How you know Zacchaeus was converted? He was a changed man. Changed man. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Now help me read this. Help me read this last statement again. Help me read this. For the okay. Let's 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 all read it together. <clears throat> all right. Let's let's try it this way. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was okay. So we have Jesus' agenda, right? We have Jesus' purpose. We have Jesus' plan. This is why he came. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So he came looking for the lost. We, we know, we know he, he came to die. He came to, to give his life a ransom for many. He came to redeem those who were lost. He came to be the Lamb of God, which taken away the sins of the world. But he came out of his own mouth, out of his own words, and said, listen, this is why I'm here. Zacchaeus is why I'm here. Broken people is why I'm here. Sinners are why I'm here. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So we see his agenda. We see what he was all about. We see his heart. Jesus had a heart for broken people. Jesus had a heart for people, outcast people. Amen? I'm glad Jesus had a heart for people that everybody else didn't like, didn't want to be around, didn't care about, didn't love, but Jesus cared about them. I came to seek and to save that which was So what was important to Jesus? Lost people. What was important to Jesus? Lost people. What was on Jesus' heart? Lost people. What did Jesus have a burden for? Lost people. Lost people. Look what it says in the next verse. Mark 16, 15. Jesus is commanding us. Jesus is transferring his burden to, to be our burden. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. Go ye into all the world. That means Africa. That means Germany. That means, listen, everywhere that there are people, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. We learned about the Great Commission this past Sunday. Brother Wagner, 
Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. And, and as we learned, as he taught us uh, this past Sunday, that means he, he's just assuming that we're going, we're, as we're living, as we're living our life, as we're going about our daily routine, he says, teach all nations as you are going, as you go to work, as you go to the market, as you go to the school, as you go to the, the ball game, as you go to the barber, as you go wherever. Teach all nations. Make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So that is what is called the Great Commission given to disciples. All right, Luke 24. Luke 24, 45, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. What do they need to know and what do they need to comprehend? He said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all, what? Beginning at, beginning at Jerusalem. All right, so we see, we see this reoccurring theme here. Get the word out, get the word out, get the word out. And he said unto them, this is in Acts 1, that, they, that, that this is, Jesus is about to, to go back to heaven. Uh, he he's came, he died, he resurrected. Uh, he, he has spent uh, uh, some days with the, the disciples and reassuring them, reaffirming him that it is me, I am alive. It, listen, check, touch me, I'm flesh and bone. Uh, I, I'm the real deal. Here we go. Now it's his time to go back to heaven. And they're wanting to know, all right, we're going to rule now. We're going we gonna to reign with you now. He said, it is not for you to know the time or the seasons which God has put in his own power. But, but, verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be, what's that word? Witnesses. Say it with me. Ye shall be Witnesses, witnesses unto me. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost. On, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter number 2, in the very next chapter, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt among them, dwelt in them. And boy, God touched them. He said, you're going to be, you're going to be able to go. Now, now think about this. The Great Commission, before he said and, and, and declared the Great Commission at the first part of that, he said, all power, say that with me, all in heaven and in earth. He said, it's mine. Now watch what he's saying in Acts 1.8. He says, but ye shall receive power. power. What power? His power. To do what? To be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, right? In other words, right where you are, in the next county, in the next state, in the next country, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what he says, right? Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. When he left, he turned it over to you, and me, to do what? To, oh, let me back up, let me back up. Jesus, while he was here, came to seek and to save that which was lost. He turns it over to us. Now it is our job to go and seek and to save that which was lost. Say, preacher, I can't save nobody. You know the terminology I'm using. I'm not saying you can save, but you can tell them who, who can't. Amen? Amen. So, so, so this is where it's all at. There's, there's no professional evangelists. There's no professional missionaries. There's no, there's no uh, you know, we're all, we, we are all disciples. He is telling this to disciples. Disciples. And if you're saved, you're a child of God, then you're supposed to be a disciple. Now, I want you to write this down. I don't know where you're going to write it down. Just find an open space to write it down. But I, 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 I was going to put this in there, and if I put it in there, it's going to make three pages, and I wasn't going to make three pages. So just, just, just find somewhere. It, 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 there's, it's small enough you can, you can write it in kind of like the margin there. All right. Listen, as, as a disciple, as a disciple, I think I, think I, I wrote down four things right here, I, I believe. As a disciple, yeah, four things, four things. Here's where I put it. This will show you, this will show you where I put it up here. All right. As a, as a disciple... I'm a believer. Okay, so put the word believer and then put dash and we'll tell you to put something beside that. Okay? As a disciple, as a disciple, I am a believer. I'm a believer. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Right? I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on a, a cross 
He bled and shed his blood for my sin. I believe that he said if I would put my faith in him that I would be saved. I believe that his blood has washed my sin away. I am a believer. And as a believer, as a believer, put dash, I follow. I follow. Now, all of this is under the word disciple. Okay? All of this is under the word disciple. So put disciple up top. And what is a disciple? A disciple is, and it starts here, a disciple is simply a, come on everybody, a disciple is simply a, a believer. And as a believer, we, we follow. Does this make sense? Does this make sense, everybody? Amen? All right, now put under that, put under that. I'm not only a believer, I'm not only a believer, but as a disciple, I'm also a student. The definition of the word disciple is just that, pupil, student, learner, one who is trained. He is, he is, he is a, a, a apprentice, if you will, apprentice, one who is on the job training, right? So, so we're a learner. How many of y'all have been learning stuff lately? How many of y'all learn stuff when you come here? How many, how many of y'all not only learn stuff when you come here, but you use this out there, and you learn some stuff out there? Right? So every day we're learning something. We're learning about who Jesus is. We're learning about who we are. We're learning, we're learning all, all kinds of stuff. And if you're not learning, you need to get to learning. Life, life without learning. You know what? When you stop learning, you start dying. But that's a whole other message. But anyway, listen, as a student, we learn. Put dash, put dash. We learn. As a believer, we follow. As a student, we learn. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with all this. Just, just be patient with me. Just be patient with me. As a, as, a, as a believer, we... Help me, everybody. As a believer, we follow. As a student, we... Now, all right, now put this next one. And this is all under being a disciple. A disciple is a believer. A disciple is a student. A disciple is a witness. A disciple is a witness. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. So we're a witness. We're a witness. A witness to what? What, what is a witness? Someone who, who, who's seen something. What is a witness? Something, something you know. So what do you witness? Whatever God done for you. Now flip your, flip your page. Flip your page back to the front page. But we're coming back to that. So we're coming back to that. So don't get real excited. Just keep, just flip it right over. Look what it says in Mark chapter 5. <clears throat> Mark chapter 5 at the very top of your page. Very top of your page. If you're there, say amen. amen. Mark chapter number 5 verse 18. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. This is a demoniac. This is the one that Jesus cured, who had all the demons in him that Jesus cast out. After, after Jesus healed him and fixed him, he wanted to be with Jesus. That's, that, that's what I'd want to do, amen? If I'd been spending all my time in the, in the graveyard and, 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 and being tormented by demons, and a man comes and fixes me and heals me, I'd want to hang out with this guy, amen? And so that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to go with Jesus and be with Jesus. All right, but watch what Jesus said. Verse 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home. Go home. Go to your friends. Now what are you supposed to do when you go home to your friends? Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for That's awesome. Just go tell them what God did for you. Watch what he does, verse 20. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. I don't believe he went and quoted 100 verses. I don't believe he went and quoted Romans Road because it wasn't written yet. You know what I believe he did? Let me tell you what this man did for me. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to be a witness. You just have to be a witness. Well, I, you know, God, I, you know, all right, for instance, my dad's right here. <clears throat> my dad's right here. His witness is different than my witness. What God did for him in saving him is a little different than what God did for me in saving me. It's the same salvation. We got saved the same way by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But what God did in his life is different than what God did in my life. There will be people that I can witness to that can relate to me. There will be people he can witness to that can relate to him. But all he's got to do is say, let me tell you what God's done for me. That's all he got to do as a witness. As a witness. We make this way too complicated. Way too complicated. We think we have to have a preacher there. We think we have to have a theological degree. I don't see anywhere where this man went to seminary. He come out to cemetery. Are y'all with me? Uh, where'd you go to school, sir? Uh, well, uh, yeah, cemetery. <clears throat> I got a degree. <laughs> Amen. So he just went and was a witness. Does this make sense? Amen. Okay, so flip your paper back over, flip or wherever you're writing what you're writing. As a disciple, as a disciple, I'm a believer. And as a believer, I, I follow. Okay? At, not only am I a believer and I follow, but I'm a student. And as a student, I, I learn. Okay? And then I'm a witness who I, what do I do? I share my faith. I share, I, use this word, use this word. Scratch out the word faith. That, that sounds too spiritual. That kind of wigs you out. Do this. I share my experience. I share my experience. In other words, just, I just share what happened to me. Let's not complicate this. Let's just tell what God, just, just tell what, what happened to you. I share my experience. Okay? Has everybody got that? Okay, lastly, under this part, I want you to write this word down. All right? As a disciple, I'm a believer. As a disciple, I'm a student. As a disciple, I'm a witness. Now, here it is. As a disciple, I am a missionary. Missionary. Put that word there. Missionary, 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 missionary. As a missionary, dash, I spread the gospel. I spread the gospel. Now, now, here, here's, what, here's what I want you to do. Find another open space. Write two, two, two words down. Actually, four words. Put two words over two words. Put, put, put local missionary. Local missionary. And then put under that foreign missionary. If you're a bad at spellers, I am. Just put what you can and Google it later. <clears throat> Local missionary, foreign missionary. Now tonight, tonight, I'm still in the intro, hadn't gotten to the message yet, we'll get there. And uh, it's going to go fast, don't worry, we'll finish, we'll finish. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about being a local missionary. Being a local missionary, that's us right here, right now. Then, then, later on this month, we're going to talk about being a foreign missionary. How does that happen? How does that take place? Where does that, where we find that in God's word? What is that all about? And we'll, we'll look at that, and that's going to be really fun to look at too. Uh, but tonight, I want to see, and I want everybody to get this. I don't want, I, I don't want, to, I don't want us to think that, 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 that we're just here, you know, we'll find some people that's willing to go somewhere, and we'll just give them a little change and help them get there, and then we think our job is done, because that's not the case. That's absolutely not the case. Amen? Why? Why? Flip your paper back over to the verses. Flip your paper back over to the verses. The last thing we read, <clears throat> the last thing we read was Jesus instructing his disciples. And, and this is what he's telling them. Look, I got to go. I go to, in, in John 14, he told them this. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So I'm leaving to go prepare you a place. But I, you got a job to do while I'm gone. While I'm going to prepare you a place, you got to go tell everybody. You got to go tell everybody. That's basically what he's saying. You got to go tell everybody. Go tell them who I am. Go tell them, listen, what you've learned. Go tell them what you've experienced. And you know what? This is what Peter does in this particular chapter, in chapter number three. All he does is say, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you who it was that changed my life and he could change your life. What, that's what Peter's doing. But he's telling them, listen, you've got to go tell. You shall receive power. After that ye receive power, ye shall be, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. Go take the gospel to, to the ends of the earth, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Is this all making sense? Does he not say that? 
to his disciples, and you're a disciple, so that's us, right? Watch this. Watch this next verse. Watch this next verse. Look what it says. Now, remember, remember, what was that? We got local missionary, foreign missionary. Local missionary, foreign missionary. Now, watch. What, how does the local missions, being missional, local missionary, how does that affect? Watch this right here. Philippians 2.14. <clears throat> Philippians 2.14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. We, we can use some help right there. Say amen. <laughs> that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst. Why does he say don't whine and complain? Because you're in the middle of a crooked and perverse nation. Does that apply to us? Yes. God knows it's crooked out there. Amen? Watch this. You're in the middle of a crooked and perverse nation. What are you doing in the middle of this crooked and perverse nation? You're shining as lights in the world. I ain't even got to the good verse yet. And he says, don't be complaining. Don't be whining. Don't be doing all of these things, murmuring. Don't be causing issues and causing problems. You need to be without rebuke. You need to have a right lifestyle. You need, that's not saying you're going to be perfect, but you need to be righteous. Amen? Why? Because in the middle of this dark world, in the middle of this crooked, perverse nation, in the middle of the blackness and the wickedness and the evil that's all around us, we should be shining like bright lights in a dark world. Now, how are we going to do that? Look at the next verse. How, how are we going to shine as lights in this world? Holding forth the spotlight. You know what this reminds me of? A lighthouse. It's stormy. It's dark. You can't see anything. The rain is falling. The wind's blowing. Sailors are scared to death. They think they're going to die. And all of a sudden, they see the light. How many of y'all remember the day you saw the light? How many of y'all are glad somebody held up the light for you? Guess what? You know what that's talking about? Right here. You're, you're a light. You remember what we studied earlier? I'm the light of the world. But when he left, he, now he's saying, ye are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. He's saying you're a missionary. This, 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 this emphasis that we have this month, every year, it pertains to all of us. But sometimes we have to be reminded. It's amazing. It's amazing how forgetful we are. It's amazing how, how, how we can just, sometimes we get so busy, we get so caught up, and we, we forget. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a missionary too. I have a responsibility too. I'm a believer. I'm a student. I, I'm a witness. I, I'm, a, I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary. He says people were getting saved daily. Daily. Now why? Why was that possible? Because people, the disciples took what they had with them out in the world they went in. I, I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, after the hurricane, not the hurricane, the tornado. <clears throat> After the tornado, you know, the church did uh, 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 just unbelievable things and, and cooking and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I met, the, I met the, 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 the chief of police, Chief Culpepper. And, uh, and uh, he promised me, he promised me a, a, a ride in the helicopter. Had never been in a helicopter. All he wanted to ride in helicopters. So he, he promised me a ride in the helicopter. So, so we got, we got in the helicopter and I was in the helicopter. I was calling everybody when I was flying over their house, <clears throat> trying to get them to come out and look at me. Amen. And uh, and I, I was, you know, up there. You're, you're flying and you're looking, and, and I'm thinking, okay, there, there's there's so and so's place, and there's so and so. That's where they live, and that's so and so's shop, and and and, and there's so and so right there. And as you look over the city, 
as you look over the city and as, as we were flying over, I, I saw the church. Say, so was, was you on this side? Now, we come over here, but that's not what I'm talking about. This is just the building. It's just housing all of us. But, but you're the church. And I saw, like, it, it was almost like you could see a picture of y'all scattered all over the city. And you know, here's the, here's the image in my head. You're the salt of the earth. And it's like, it's like God just has this big salt shaker with all y'all in it. Do, doing this. All over Coleman. Because the church is all over Coleman. You're, and I thought, oh man. Because most of the time, when people say, is that church having any effect on it? They look, automatically they come to the corner of Campground Road and 157. But I got to thinking, all of y'all, everywhere y'all are at, whether, whether, whether it's one of your shops, whether it's one of your places of employment, whether it's where, where you live or where you work, I thought, are they affecting the area? God shook them out. Wow. Because see, that's where all this matters. This is where all this, this is where the rubber meets the road. Is are we salt and light? Are we making a difference? Are we having an effect on the community around us? Here's the here's the here's a million dollar question. Will they miss us when we're gone? How, 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 how do we do this? How do we see people saved daily? All right, look, let's, let's go back to our outline. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll start there. <clears throat> Peter, Peter and John, they are disciples, okay? Say it with me. They are. Now, ultimately, ultimately, we know them as missionaries, right? They went to other places and winning people and, you know, uh, but, but right at the moment, they're just disciples, and so here they are, they're going through their daily routine. Nothing, nor, nothing unusual. They're not here. They're not, here's my point. They're not going soul winning. In other words, they're not walking through the street with the purpose of trying to find somebody to witness to. They're just going to church in the hour of prayer. They're going to do something they've always done. They've gone to do something that was a routine to them. They was going to do something that was just natural for them to do, that they've always done it at the time they're supposed to do it. They're going through it. They're just going through their day. And all of a sudden, we got this guy. Got this guy. I wonder how many times they had passed this guy. I wonder how many times they had seen this guy. I wonder how many times before. I wonder how many times before the Holy Spirit had indwelled them that they just passed this guy with no even thought about who he is or where he's from or what his history is, what his background is. Now all of a sudden, look what it says. In, in verse number 1, <clears throat> Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Write this down. Number one. All right, now let's say, let's say, our, let's say our phrase again. Let's say our phrase again. Hello. Y'all are a little slow. Hello. I'm a missionary. All right. Hello. I'm a missionary. All right, where's your field? What does a missionary do? We call it this. This is terminology. If you're new to, if you're new to uh, Christianity and you're not familiar with Christianese, here is the, here is the definition. Where does a minute... <laughs> Translate that, Mo. Amen. Where does a missionary do his thing? On the mission field. That's what we call it. In other words, uh, 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 Brother Wagner, he had spent all those years planted, and that was just incredible, by the way. I don't know if y'all really got the gist of that. Planted 33 years. He planted one church a year, his time in Tanzania. Can we say amen right there? Awesome. That was his mission field.
Brazil. That's where, he, that's where he served. That's where he worked. That's where he did his thing. But now God's moving him to Rome to, to work with the Muslim refugees there. So now that is his mission field. All right, write this down. Number one. Number one, I want you to see this. I want you to see the field we serve. If we're all a missionary, where's our field? Where's our field? All right, where, where do we do our thing? Okay, you remember that sign? You remember that sign that was in my dad's church all my, all my life? You are now entering the mission field. Watch this. How do we determine, how do we determine where our field is? Two things right here. Write this down. A, it's determined by opportunities that develop. It's determined by opportunities that's developed. In other words, you're in the market, you're in the field, you're at work, you're at play, you're at the gym, wherever it is, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something happens. You can call it an opportunity. You can call it a divine appointment. They're in their, they're in their normal walk. They're in their normal deal, probably cutting up, talking about the fish they caught, uh, maybe the fish sandwich they had that day, and all of a sudden, here's a situation. Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. Jesus did the same thing. Do you remember, do you remember when, when uh, Jesus is he's tired? He, 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 this is in John chapter 4. Jesus has been traveling. He's weary with his journey. He's wore out. They go to get him something to eat. They go into Samaria to get him something to eat. He's chilling at the, at the well. He's tired. He's wore out. He's just resting until they get back. And here comes this woman. And what's he do? He strikes up a conversation. He, he, he is wanting to give her living water. But he says, hey, can I have something to drink? What does he do? He takes the initiative. And strikes up a secular conversation to get to a spiritual end. What did he do? He just took advantage of an You know, we think in order to be a missionary, we got to jump up on the corner and start preaching and telling everybody they're going to hell and come to Jesus and repent, turn or burn, say amen. That's not going to do anything but repel people. And I, I appreciate their zeal. I appreciate their enthusiasm. Brother Johnny, Brother Johnny was... was telling me they went to the the, the, the ball game in Atlanta uh, uh, when Alabama played FSU and there was this guy this long line of people trying to get into the stadium and and this guy standing out there telling them how wrong they are and how unrighteous they are and, and not right with God spending this money on this why didn't you spend all this kind of stuff I, I appreciate kind of what he's trying to do but I think he's way out there and he's, and he's trying to do a right thing in a wrong way. The Bible says a man offended is harder to be one in a strong city. I don't think you should ever back up from truth, period. Sometimes truth can be offensive. Don't ever back up from truth. You can tell truth. That's not what I mean when it says offended. You can tell the truth. You can tell the truth, but you don't have to be an idiot about it. Sometimes I believe they think the more people they can offend, the more spiritual they are. But that's, you don't have to do that. I promise you, God will create enough opportunities in your life that you don't have to go looking for it. It will come to you. If you have a heart, if you have a heart to win people, if you have a heart for the lost, I promise you, God will send a lost person your way. It's kind of like churches. It's kind of like churches. Why should God send somebody that, that's needing real help to a place that won't give them none? Amen? So here's, here's the thing. Take advantage of an opportunity. I've told this story, I don't know, a hundred times since, since it happened. Uh, uh, I don't know what they would be. It's my son-in-law's mama. I don't know, whatever. In-laws, married by marriage, whatever. Uh, Miss Susan Wisden. How many of y'all know who I'm talking about? The, 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 the singing group, the Wisden. She's at one of the first revivals we ever had. They were, they were at our church, and we had friend day to kick the revival off. And, and, and they sang that Sunday, and, and they, she said, we're traveling all the time. And they really don't have an opportunity to invite a friend like this to a, a meeting, like a, 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 a revival like this. And, and she said she was in her morning devotion that Monday morning. 
and, and just pray and say, Lord, I, I sure would like a friend about that time. The housekeeper knocked on the door and, and, and come in and, and Susan began to talk to her and befriend her said, and she says, Who are you? well, we're singers. We're from Morgan in North Carolina and we're singing at a revival at Temple Baptist Church this evening and, and, uh, and, and, and we'd love for you to come. Guess what? She came, her husband came, her kids came and her and her husband walked the aisle that Monday night and got saved. Susan wasn't out door knocking. She wasn't standing on the corner saying, turn or burn. She just said, God, give me an opportunity. All right, y'all get it? Good, we got 13 minutes. Amen, all right. It's determined the field. In other words, in other words, your field is determined by the opportunity you take. Your field this week could be at the ball field. Your field this week could be at Publix. Your field this week could be at the gym. You could be at the aquatic center, and all of a sudden, God puts somebody broken in your path. It could be at the hospital. I, I, I was, I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to I I tell you all an illustration, but I, it's not finished yet. I don't want to. I don't believe in bad luck, but I'm still not going to tell you. <clears throat> I, don't want, I don't want the devil to get in it. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, uh, there, there's, a, there's an opportunity that's presented, something, something I did 10 years ago and forgot about it. Just, just help somebody and, and, and what no, it, to me it wasn't no big deal. It was just something, that, and, and, and now I'm going to have the, the opportunity to present the gospel because of that. From so long ago it could be something as simple as stopping and helping somebody pick up the trash in their yard amen so so take advantage of an opportunity then secondly write this down B your field is determined not only by the opportunities that develop it's determined by obedience to a directive it's determined by obedience to a directive preacher what are you saying the Bible says in Acts 8, 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. By the way, uh, <clears throat> Brother Andrew's talking about Philip tonight in TSN. Got a great message. He was sharing me some of the points. Uh, you need to appreciate what, what your children are getting down there. It's really good. Philip, he, this is what the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go. Arise and go toward the south and the, the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. In other words, he just, he obeyed what God said. He obeyed what God said. Look at this next one, Acts 16, 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over unto Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Preacher, what is the point? You don't have to make this spooky, but sometimes God will just tell you to do something. It could be as simple as paying for somebody's lunch. It could be as simple as saying, hey, man, how are you doing today? It could be as simple as, do you get to go to church anywhere? I go to temple. Man, I'd love to have you. It, 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 whatever God tells you to do. Just be obedient. Be obedient. I've, 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 I've been, and by the way, by the way, this is not easy. Okay? I'm, I'm going to just lay that out there so everybody can understand this. Uh, listen, if, if you're nervous about inviting somebody, if you're nervous about sharing the gospel, that is normal. The only people that's not nervous about sharing the gospel or witnessing or inviting people to church are weird people. Okay? They're few and far between. That's what I mean by weird. I'm not like, woo. I mean, they're just few and far between. Y'all need to get your hearts right because y'all got wrong thinking in your minds right now. <laughs> All right, let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. How I many be honest? Don't you lie. You'll get indigestion if you leave here tonight and you lie right now when I ask you this question. How many of you be honest with me when it comes time and God puts it on your heart to witness somebody or share the gospel? You get nervous a little bit. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. See there? Nah. See, it's normal. 
Everybody does. It's, not, it's, nothing, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be, but trust me on this. When you do, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. You just gotta, you just gotta take the plunge. You just gotta do it that first time, and then do it that second time. The more you do it, the easier it'll get. You'll still be nervous. I'm, I'm, I get in front of people all the time. I still get nervous. Still, I'm asking God, what am I gonna say? So I don't know. Say what you've been saying the last 27 years. Amen. So, same thing. Don't, 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 don't back up. Just understand. Hey, that's part of it. Here's the thing. Keep this in mind. The person you're witnessing to, the devil wants them to go to hell. He wants them to go to hell. He wants them to burn in hell forever. And he's going to try to keep you from telling them. So keep that in mind. And that, that, that would be a good motivation to help us move forward with what God is commanding us to do. It's simply being obedient. It's not always, it's not always going through the plan of salvation. It's not always taking them to a Bible verse. It's not always having a theological debate with somebody. And by the way, I don't like having them. And I usually don't do that. If I see somebody's going to try to be argumentative, if somebody's seeking truth, I'll do everything I can to help. But if somebody just wants to be argumentative, I don't even argue with them. Answer not a fool according to his folly. But, but here's the thing. It's not always that. Sometimes it's just saying a kind word you never know what's going to develop out of something you just got to be obedient to god when he says to do it if that makes sense say amen, amen. okay secondly that's how we determine the field that we, we serve in and we, we we operate and we witness in and we, we we share the gospel in okay the field we serve but then secondly don't you see the focus we share the focus we share now this is going to this is going to be enlightening. This is going to be enlightening. All right. Where, where did, did Peter put his focus when he saw this guy? Where did Peter put his focus when he saw this guy? First, A, if you're writing this down, I want you to see the problems of sinners. The problems of sinners. Where was Peter's focus? On the guy's issue. It was on his problem. He was crippled. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He had a problem. It was a physical problem, but his spiritual problem was greater than his physical problem. Are y'all with me? But it was through the physical problem that Peter was able to help him with his spiritual problem. Did you get that? Now watch. This is, this is the enlightening part. Sometimes, I know y'all are a lot more spiritual than I am, but sometimes dealing with people's problems is frustrating. And sometimes we can see a problem as an aggravation. Not necessarily because of the person, but because you got enough of your own to deal with. Amen. Do I have a witness? Amen. Dear God, I'm doing this and I got this going on. My kid is sick and the other one's acting goofy and, and, and my spouse is not and I'm trying to get this done and we're building a house. We're trying to buy property and we're trying to do this and we're trying to... Ah! And here's a guy saying, can you help me? And it's not that the person's a bad person. You just got so much on your plate. you just like... Can anybody relate to this? Amen. Thank God. Amen. I thought it was just too much. Am I telling the truth? You know, Peter and John go said, man, we're late. We've been late to church for the last three weeks. We've got to get it, you know. But they stopped and said, listen, this guy's got an issue. And they saw, watch this here, watch this here. They saw his problem as an opportunity that will change our mentality big time i'm telling you now some of y'all look at me like you got halos i know that's a lie just take it down sometimes the problems around us the problems of your neighbor the issues of people you work with 
that person that comes to you all the time and the person that aggravates you and the person that frustrates you and the person that gets on your nerves, it might be just God giving you the answer to their problem so you can really help the real problem. Listen. I don't know if you know this or not. But all of y'all was put on this earth to solve problems. Do you know what jobs are? Problem solving. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a garbage man. You solving a problem. I change oil. You solving a problem. I paint houses. Guess what? You're solving a problem. You're meeting the need of another person. So guess what? Everybody in here is a problem solver. Do you realize, do you realize that God can use you to solve someone else's problem all in the process of winning them to Christ? It was just an opportunity. Here this guy was a problem. He saw the problem. His focus was on the problem. He said, let me help you with your problem. He helped him with his problem. And ultimately, he ended up praising God through a problem. Here's my point. Don't always look down on the problem. It may just be the opportunity to help get that person where they need to be. And all God's people say it. Let me hurry, let me hurry, let me hurry. Put the problems of sinners, the plan of salvation. That's kind of self-explanatory. Sometimes we have to meet the physical needs of people before we can meet their spiritual you know, Jesus gave people a lunch and then preached to them about being the bread of life. Sometimes, sometimes you say, I'm, I'm, I need to give them the gospel. If they're freezing to death, you can give them all the tracks you want and that ain't going to help the man. If he's about to starve to death, he can't hear what you're saying over the hunger pains he has. Sometimes we need to throw a jacket on them and give them a sandwich and then say, hey, let me tell you about the greatest story ever told. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Number three, once you see the future, we see. As, as a missionary, as a local missionary, having a missional mind and operating with a missional mind all the time, we see the field we serve, the focus we share, and the future we see. Two things I want you to see. This is great. Verse 11. <clears throat> And as the lame man, which was healed, what's that next word? Okay, okay, everybody look, everybody look. And as the lame man, which was healed, what's the next word? All right, Steve, come out here, quick, quick. He's Peter. I'm, 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 I'm the crippled man that's healed. This is Peter. He just said, silver and gold to my nun, such a have give out of thee. He helped me get up and walk. And, 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 and it started commotion, and people started running, and this is what they saw. <laughs> Look what it says. Put it back up there. Put it back up there. As the lame man, which was healed, I need one more. I need a John. Can you be a John for me? Come on up here. Come on up here. Be a John for me. You, Peter. You, John. Come over here. Come over here. Everybody saw him? This is what they saw. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Look in your notes. Look in your notes. Write this. Don't y'all go nowhere. Look at your notes. Watch this. I want you to see the relationship that's developed. The relationship that's developed. Do you know Peter and John just found their brand new best friend? Do you know that the greatest friend you may ever have in your life is the one that you helped solve their problem and lead them to Jesus? There's a man right now in Barnwell County. There's a man right now in Barnwell County. His name is P.A. Owen, Paul Allen Owen. He's one of the meanest guys in all Barnwell County. One of the meanest guys, roughest guys in all Barnwell County. Big guy. Big guy. Used to be the captain of the Barnwell County Jail. Rough guy. Rough background. I'm talking about... He's like dad on steroids. Seriously, bad, <laughs> terrible guy. I'm talking about pre-Jesus dad, amen? That's what, that's what I mean. And, 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 and we was at his truck, at the, at the hood of his truck, till about 3 in the morning. 
witnessing to him, witnessing to him, witnessing to him. He finally, he finally just gave it up, trusted Christ. I'm telling you, Steve, you relate good with him. He's, I, it's unbelievable how y'all are here. Harley, he loves Harleys and everything. And, man, he got saved. I'm talking about verily, verily kind. Got saved, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he loves me to death. If I called him today and said the word, and you, you had a problem with me, and I called him, you'd have an issue. <laughs> Every service, every service, he sat on the back row. We was in this little, uh, the, the, the building looked like little house on a prairie church. And he always said, he said, give it to him, preacher. I won't let him get away. <laughs> big guy, beard, everything, big guy. Man, I'm telling you, there is not one single thing he wouldn't do for me. You know why? Because I cared enough to stay to 3 o'clock in the morning and help him with his problem and lead him to Jesus. I don't have no friends. Win somebody to Christ if you don't have a friend. I, I've, got, I've got examples right here. I can say the same thing. Same thing. People sitting in this church, sitting up in this balcony right now. Listen, care enough about someone to help them with their problem. You want a friend? Read the verse. Give me my verse. I don't see it. Come on, Brother Barn. You're not my friend. <clears throat> here we go. Read it with me. And as the lame man which was healed, held, held Peter and John, all the people ran together in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wonder. They said, man, look at their friend. That's, that's good, God. Church, give God praise and glory. All right, all right, hurry, hurry, hurry. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm almost out of time. <clears throat> All I see zeros up there. I don't know what happened. Verse 12, hurry, hurry, quickly, quickly, people, you're slow. 12, 12. All right, here's what happens. They come, they come rushing in. They see this lame man. He's saying he's holding Peter and John. He's so happy, he's excited. He's got, man, he's healed. He's praising God. He's leaping, jumping, walking. And when Peter saw it, when he saw them coming and running, this is what, what, what verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people, answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, of Isaac, Jacob, and the God of our fathers has glorified his son, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. What's he doing? He's preaching Jesus. He's preaching Jesus to him. At the end of verse, at the, in verse 19, when he gets through, he says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out, when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. He begins to preach Jesus to him. What's the point? What's the point? Through ministering to one. They got an opportunity to minister to a crowd. Everybody wants, when I say everybody, I'm talking about ministers, ministry people, you know, uh, preachers. It could be any ministry. It could be singers. It could be whatever. Uh, missionaries. Different people that start different Christian organizations. Everybody wants to start here. Everybody, everybody thinks this is like the, you know, whatever. This is the. But they didn't see the nights that I preached to one. They didn't see the times in the funeral homes where you're, Got your arms wrapped around them and crying with them. And because of that funeral, five families are in the church because of one funeral, because you loved on one person. Listen, love on one. And God will give you, he said, if you're faithful in the least, in the little, I'll give you much. So, preacher, I got big dreams. All big dreams start small. They were willing to stop. Now, now, ultimately, they were called to reach the masses, right? Go and reach the world. Go and tell the world. Go and tell everybody. But guess what? God says, stop with this one. And it was through operating and, and helping this one guy with his problem, God gave him an opportunity to reach probably thousands. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Don't think anything's too small. Don't think anything's too small. And don't think anything's in, in, insignificant. 
The one thing I did with that situation, I'll tell you, and I want y'all to pray about that because I'm going to have an opportunity coming up next week to share the gospel. But so what did you do? I just stopped and mowed the grass for somebody. I was, I was going to my house, had a trailer on the back of my truck, had a, had a, had a lawnmower, a riding lawnmower on my truck, passed a, 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 a yard that had grass that high, and an older gentleman out there trying to push mow that yard. And I just felt impressed to stop. Cut the yard. I said, man, let me help you cut this yard. Oh, no, he thought I was going to make him pay. I said, no, I ain't got to pay. You ain't got to pay. Let me, let me just help you. It didn't take just a minute. <laughs> Gone. Here we go. I had no idea. I hadn't thought about it since. No thought, no anything. Just recently, somebody sent me a text and said, uh, my father's in bad shape and, and uh, he's an unbeliever. Would you come witness to him? And He thinks a lot of him. I said, I don't know him. He said, yeah, one day he was mowing the grass. And you stopped and, and immediately I remembered it. I don't know. And I pray to God that God will use this. But I, I, that, that, that was so insignificant to me. I didn't think it was important. I didn't think it was that big a deal. It was just, what's the point? Nothing is insignificant. God may be telling you to do something for somebody because later on down the road, God's going to use you to. Y'all with me? How many of y'all will help me pray about that, that gentleman this week? Will you help me do that? Listen, let's, we got to pray. We got to pray because caught, broke, and everything. <clears throat> all right, that's what you're going to tell the, 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 the children's workers. The clock broke on us tonight, all right? Here we go. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank